This is The Recap, a review of the day's news in the Tri-States area for Monday, November 27, 2023. With Tri-States Public Radio News, I'm Mike Murray. Teenagers and young adults have the third highest rate of new HIV diagnoses in the United States, according to a recent study. However, only 13% of those between the ages of 13 to 24 are taking the medicine that can prevent HIV, commonly known as PrEP. A new project called PrEP for Teens is looking to change that through a social media campaign. The organization's Jim Pickett says their goal is to inform teens of their options and not to lecture. We're not saying, you know what, you need to be on PrEP. You're young, you're queer, you should be on PrEP. We're not saying that. We're saying... If you're sexually active, consider PrEP. And whatever choice you make, if you say, you know what, it's not for me, I've learned about it and I'm not down with it, that is just as acceptable as saying, you know what, I'm interested. Pickett says focus groups led by teens helped inform the team on how the campaign could best resonate with young people. The November 2024 election is still a year away, but the Illinois campaign season leading up to that important vote officially begins today. Illinois Public Radio's Dave McKinney reports. A political ritual, usually marked by long pre-sunrise lines outside state election offices, gets underway today in Springfield and Chicago. That's when candidates for state and local office begin filing their nominating petitions with the State Board of Elections for a spot on the March 19th primary ballot. The launch of presidential campaigning in Illinois is still more than a month away, and candidates running for the White House have to file their nominating petitions for the state's March primary in early January. This is Dave McKinney. OSF Healthcare now officially owns a shuttered Northern Illinois hospital and some other facilities, formerly operated by St. Margaret's Health in Peru. A federal bankruptcy court judge signed an order denying a church's objection regarding a parking lot lease and allowing the sale to close. St. Margaret's closed the hospital on short notice in January, citing financial and staffing difficulties. An OSF spokesperson says they will have more information on a reopening date in the next few weeks. For some people, seasonal allergy symptoms are lasting longer than in previous years. An allergy expert with Rush University in Chicago says there's new data suggesting that the types of allergens in the air are changing and that an increasingly warmer climate has allowed pollen that previously could not survive in northern states to become more common. Experts suggest changing how they test for allergies to include certain types of molds and pollens that are sticking around for longer periods of time. The University of Iowa Hospitals and Clinics has received a new grant to help address child mental health issues through school resources. Iowa Public Radio's Natalie Krebs reports. UIHC child health experts have received a three-year, $2.25 million grant through federal and state health and human services agencies. That's to continue the Iowa Pediatric Mental Health Care Access Program and expand its services to schools. Tom Schultz is with UIHC's Department of Pediatrics. He says they're working with the University of Iowa's College of Education to reach kids for mental health support in schools. It allows them to perform better in school. Um, interact better with their family and neighbors and just allow them to have more success in the short term, which will certainly translate to more success in the long term. Schultz says the program so far has focused on workforce development and providing mental telehealth services to kids across the state. I'm Natalie Krebs, IPR News. 
About 75% of the apparel and clothing that's donated to Goodwill never makes it to a showroom floor. But that does not mean it's going into a landfill either. Don Johnson is CEO of Goodwill Industries of Central Illinois. But I think of that 75%, what value do we pinch out of everything that has a different market? Metals, cardboard, textiles, apparels, coats, purses, boots, I mean, on and on belts. It just goes on and on to what we recycle every day. Johnson says he believes no one should be throwing clothes away because the fiber and other materials still have a lot of value, even if the article of clothing is worn out. He encourages people to donate the clothes to Goodwill and let them decide whether resale or recycling is the best option. U.S. Senators from Iowa and Nebraska are supporting federal legislation that would return land in northwest Iowa to the Winnebago tribe of Nebraska. The U.S. government used eminent domain in 1970 to take 1,600 acres from the tribe. The plan was to use the ground along the Missouri River in Woodbury and Monona counties for a recreation area, but it was never built. The tribe won a legal fight in the 70s to get the land back, but an act of Congress is required to complete the process. In today's feature, large schools have a lot to offer. Classes, special education programs, sports, support for mental health, and so much more. But what about small schools that can't offer everything? Many smaller, often rural schools resort to one of the first lessons they teach, sharing. Illinois Public Radio's Peter Medlin reports. Jennifer Wald starts her day teaching exploratory and intro to agriculture at the Leland School District, a small rural district in LaSalle County, and she teaches both middle and high school. Then, after a few classes, she gets in her car and drives six miles east to teach more high school ag and advise the FFA club at the Samanac School District. Wald is a shared teacher, and she wears both a Leland and Samanac lanyard to prove it. It's interesting because it's seven minutes apart, but it's a, it is a completely different dynamic. Shared teacher setups like this aren't very common, but Leland and Samanac already work together, so it made sense. They share sports teams and a food vendor. In fact, Leland and Samanac almost completely consolidated last year. The districts also share classes, like agriculture. So when Wold comes to Samanac, so do some of her Leland High School students. In fact, students from a third district, Sandwich, also come to Samanac for ag. It allows those districts to offer their students classes like plant science, food science, and ag mechanics that they otherwise couldn't. Class sharing does happen more frequently at smaller, often rural schools. Tim McConnell is the principal at Erie High School, a northern Illinois school about 20 minutes from the Mississippi River. They've had a sports co-op with nearby Prophetstown High School since the late 90s. But five years ago, they expanded the co-op to include everything, sports, activities, and academics. McConnell says the decision made a lot of sense for both sides, especially considering one factor. Well, our school enrollments, both in Prophetstown and in Erie, are steadily declining. So when I came here 22 years ago, as the principal, we were at 250, and now we're down to 190. The districts build their schedules together, so if an Erie student wants to take a class that their school doesn't offer, they can take it at Prophetstown, and vice versa. They both offer dual credit opportunities students at either district can take. McConnell says as enrollment at districts like Erie shrink and it becomes more difficult to hire certain teaching positions, arrangements like this 
are going to become even more common. This type of education is going to only have to expand or, you know, students are going to be left without. And so people need to get on board with it and not be afraid of it. It's easy to do if you, you know, have the passion to get it done. Brian Dukes is the superintendent of the Earlville School District in LaSalle County. And he says collaboration is one of the most valuable tools he has in education. He'll borrow a good idea from anywhere. Earlville works with other districts on curriculum and various school programs. They also share school support staff with neighboring districts. For example, they've had a hard time filling their school psychologist position. So now they share a psychologist with two other districts. The district also shares a school resource officer and a special education coordinator, too. Duke says it allows them to maintain high-quality services and save some money. I think it's very likely there's going to come a time in the next two or three years that we're going to have to share teachers with other districts. Back in Samanac, Jennifer Wold agrees that sharing teachers can be a great opportunity for certain school districts. But in her own experience, there are some drawbacks. Last year, I had to work spring break because Leland and Samanac spring break did not match up. And because I'm the only shared employee, no one, it's almost like sometimes that gets forgotten. This year, she will at least have a spring break. Well, Maybe not a whole spring break because of FFA. I got it this year. Yeah, I'm going to run a contest, but that's my fault. And sometimes she feels torn between districts, like she's not 100% a part of either. She has to miss staff meetings moving between schools, but thankfully has co-teachers in both spots to keep her in the loop. And she feels like, even though it's not a perfect system, it does increase her ability to create unique and meaningful education experiences for her agriculture students at all our schools. I'm Peter Madlin. In the weather for our listing area for today, it should be sunny with a high in the mid-30s. West winds at 10 to 15 miles an hour could gust as high as 25 miles an hour at times. And for tonight, it should be clear with a low in the mid-teens and northwest winds at 5 to 10 miles an hour. For TSPR News, I'm Mike Murray. Tri-State's Public Radio is part of the NPR Network.